what's good everybody i'm joe longo this is your daily shot of inspiration special weekend interview series where i connect with inspiring and creative people to have conversations to hopefully inspire you to start doing whatever it is that you love even to just start taking baby steps to get you in that direction of where you want to be so my name is joe longo I've lived many lives, from being a college football player to a professional photographer to an IT director, back to photography and teaching yoga and meditation, and now doing all of that and bringing all of my failures together to coach people, to help people change their mindset, to help people realize that no matter how many mistakes we have made, We can still keep going, we can still keep learning, and we truly can do what we love in this life. So I hope these conversations inspire you to get out into the world and start doing the things that you want to do, to start living your life for yourself. And if you need any help, please reach out, set up a call, let's talk. Maybe there's a way that I can help you. Maybe there's someone that I know that can help you, but reach out, set up a free call, let's chat. Thank you for being here and enjoy the show. This week I'm talking with my good friend, artist and humanitarian Robert Sturman. Robert just had a East Coast tour where he did some photography and did his first TEDx talk. In this conversation we're going to chat about the tour, photography, we might geek out a little bit at the beginning of the episode about photography. And we talk about his new dog, Otis the Handsome Hound. Otis is an animal testing survivor rescued by Beagle Freedom. We're going to talk about Otis, Otis's journey, and how Robert is now using his photography to bring awareness to animal testing and the cruelty that is involved in animal testing. It's a really inspiring conversation. Lots of fun, lots of laughs. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about a couple fun things happening this November. First, the Monday Night Manifestation Mastermind Group is back. We meet every Monday night in Zoom from 7 to 8 p.m. Little meditation, little sharing, community support, community coaching to help us move forward creating our best reality. That is every Monday night from 7 to 8 Eastern Standard Time in Zoom. You can register at the show notes. The link is down below or head to the stand store or my website, inspirecreatemanifest.com. Round two of Meditations for Manifestations is back. This time we are adding a group coaching piece to it. You can get on the wait list by hitting the link in the show notes. Registration opens up on 11-11. The whole group program starts December 1st. And then on 11-11... Friday evening, I'm hosting a very special two-hour energy portal 1111 class. I would love for you to come join me, hang out. We're going to move our body, do a kundalini-ish inspired practice, some meditating, some journaling to open up, to connect to that 1111 energy. Set those intentions for the life that we're living for the life that we're creating. Come join me. You can get all the information. You can register for all of the things. The link is in the show notes or head to the website, inspirecreatemanifest.com. 
And now sit back and enjoy this conversation with Robert Sturman. Today we're talking to Robert Sturman, and we've been trying to record for a long time. And um, Robert and I are good friends, but we haven't talked in a little bit, so I thought it would be fun to catch up on everything that that you've been doing and talk about Otis, your new dog and everything that has come into your life with Otis. But I also want to talk about your little your little East Coast tour and fall and all that stuff as well. But before we go there, how, how are you? How are you? I'm good. And my biggest regret about that East Coast tour is that I did not take the time to drive out to Pennsylvania to come hang out with you. Oh, sorry about that. It, 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 it's okay. It makes sense, right? Because you went from New York to Kelly's to um, the beach, to Asbury Park. Yeah. Park. So I'm like out of, uh, you would have had to come like out of the way, which is fine. Well, I'm trying to tell you that you would have been worth it. Uh, you would have been worth it too. I probably should have just gotten my car and come to, um, Asbury park. And then I was like, Oh, I don't live in Philadelphia anymore. That's like really far. True. So you're the answer to your question. I've been great. Um, it's been, it took a long time to, to get there, Mm -hmm. but I feel like things are starting to brighten up. A lot more, you know, as you know, we went through a little bit of a um, pandemic type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, it caused us all to have to reevaluate our lives and then ultimately reinvent ourselves. And uh, I feel like now's the time, and I'm noticing it with you too, is just the, the mud is loosening up. Mm-hmm. It definitely is loosening up. Did it feel, how did it feel traveling again to shoot and work after not for so long? It felt incredible. I loved it. And I loved being on the East Coast because I had been going to the East Coast twice a year for the past eight years, two or three times a year. And then I hadn't gone for two and a half years. So it was just, it was just so wonderful to just drive through New England and, and, pumpkin patches and experience autumn and Woodstock, Vermont. And I loved every bit of it because it just, I love change. And I forget that I love change when I'm just stagnant in the same place. But once I got on the airplane and went out there, it was, it was magical. That's awesome. Was there, how, how, how was, how were the colors? Were the colors popping yet? Nope. But I could not control that. Well, of course, of course. They're so quick. I know. I I've only hit it once at its peak, and mm. that was it. Was that was it? Uh, coming from California to see that was completely extraordinary. It's, One of the greatest visual experiences in my life. It really is so magical. I'm so happy to be back in it, and just driving really anywhere. Like I'll be driving. And just if I'm with somebody, I'll hit them and be like, look, at, just look at that. Look at those rolling hills and all of the color. And rolling into fall, I kept saying, oh, this is going to be so beautiful. Like, wait until all of it changes. And now it's almost all gone. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's going to get dark and gray. But also beautiful. You know, it's just another way to look at it. But 
really. I am the interesting thing. I've been, and I'm I'm sure you probably know this. I've been taking so many photos with my phone. I love my camera, but this is just so easy. So to like go for a walk with Stella through the woods and just shoot without thinking about it, but still kind of almost do it the right way, if that makes sense. Well, your pictures are incredible. Well, thank you. I actually yeah. do shoot them in RAW and then edit in Photoshop or not Photoshop, okay. Lightroom. You know, so it's like I joke and I say my my phone is probably as good as my first Nikon digital camera was. I mean, that's that's what I always think. If you think of the history of photography mm-hmm. and the technology of the phone now, we're using a more powerful machine than most of the people that came before us ever had access to. Mm-hmm. And it's so, <clears throat> and maybe people don't know this, but you can, and I don't know if you can do it on all of the iPhones, but on mine, I can put my file format into RAW. So if you're listening, you're like, what are you guys talking about? We're just geeking out about photography. But RAW is a format that we can photograph in that gives us more ability to edit and freedom, which most professional cameras shoot in. So to think that I can now do that on my phone and then drop it into one of my editing programs and work it the same way I would with my big camera, it's just, it fits in my back pocket. You're definitely right about geeking out, but because I, I want to know what you have the iPhone 14. Is that available? No, I don't have the 14 yet. I still have the 12 Pro Max. Okay. Um, I didn't know that about RAW. Yeah. All right. And then you send it to the computer and you do all your normal Photoshop editing and Lightroom editing. I do it all. I got the Lightroom app. So, so put you it, do it all inside the phone. Yeah. Or sometimes if I want a bigger screen, because, you know, my eyes, my eyes aren't as strong as they used to be. I'll send yeah. it to my um, iPad and then edit on there. Amazing. For that super instant gratification. But to see all those oh. colors and everything through this. And I hate to say it um, because we are photographers, but it's easier. It's just freaking easier to. The pro- the workflow is easier. Right. It's completely easier. And it's a it's a calling for you and myself as a photographer to get so much better at what we're doing, because we already have that taken care of Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the technical side. So creating exquisite work is is something that really sets it apart from from everything else like the the starting with an an amazing photograph Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and that's the key for everyone again that's listening to us geek out about photography getting it right in your phone in your camera is key right like if you get all of those colors actually the way you see it and the the exposure and then the editing is just like then it's magic because then i feel you're really able to paint and then yeah. turn it into something magical. And ultimately, you are infusing your soul onto those images. So no matter what technology we're using, mm-hmm. it's really the, it's the same formula. It's you putting your, all of your sincerity and your heart into each photograph that you make. And that's what's going to come through. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. You're so good so like with the Henry words. Cardi, if Henry <laughs> Cartier-Bresson had had an, 
an iPhone, he would have had a field day mm -hmm. and you would have been able to recognize his work because he was a street photographer that really dealt with the decisive moments. So it was very much his style. So yeah, mm -hmm. we put ourselves into every photograph that we make. Yeah. Interesting thing. I started using my 50 millimeter lens a lot on my regular camera because it's keeps it smaller. So instead of my 24 to 70, I just put my 50 on and it also keeps me really limited. Right. So if I want to zoom or why, like I got, I have to move, you know, like I'm not just turning yeah. the lens, but I just like this, the little, the little camera in my hand instead of yeah. the big thing and the big lens and, and the 50 is a bigger, do your, does your audience even like photography? I don't even know. I don't know. Whatever, friends. We're talking about art, creativity. That's what we do. That's what we do. We're going to talk about dogs and humanitarian shit. Just hold Everyone on. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I actually, and then we'll, we'll get off this subject of, of photography. <laughs> um, but I just saw a thing that they make for the iPhones that actually is like a handle that you can snap yeah. on like so it feels it has that feel like a real camera with a shutter yeah. button that again then it's just getting too big and i can't put it in my back pocket right it's just easier that way so last question about the east coast tour vermont and ted x ted yeah. you did a ted talk i did i did do a ted talk and there was a time when I really wanted to be able to say that. Uh-huh. First, because I'd never been asked to do one and I wanted to do one. Mm -hmm. And then because I was asked to do one and I had to step up and actually right. do one. Right. Which I would say was probably one of the more challenging projects of my life to consolidate my vision into 16 minutes memorized and choreographed with over a hundred images mm. and ted is not like just you don't just get on the stand up there with a a clicker and say eh, what am i going to talk about today you know everything had to be accounted for every breath i mean it was just it was it was a challenging you know i had to become an i had to become an actor mm. and play the role of myself interesting which was it really was interesting and there were so many curveballs that came my way with technical things that would have normally driven me crazy and made me run mm -hmm. Um, because it just, you, when you practice that much and, and create something that you believe is a masterpiece and then things go wrong, it's, it's very, um, it's easy to get ex upset and to want to, you know, go into fight or flight, mm -hmm. but something about this, because it was, I took this so seriously that no matter what came my way, I didn't care. I knew I was going to deliver what I had to deliver. Mm -hmm. So it was a monumental experience for me to do that. 
and to rise up to the occasion. You know, first, the, the honor of being asked to do one, and then second, to find a courage in me that I didn't really know that I had. So, And that's interesting when you say the courage, you mean just to get up and do it? To own my vision. To own my vision and to consolidate it in a way and choreograph it in a way so that I completely stood up there vulnerable with my work, talking about it from the purest place in my being. And yeah, there's all the, you know, oh, the public speaking fears that we all, most of, I mean, you're a rare person doesn't have them, mm-hmm. but there was all that, but that wasn't the, yeah, that was, it was the whole package, the whole package. So I'm always curious about this, the feeling right before you walked out on the stage, what was that experience like? Well, I had been thinking about that for about two months Mm -hmm. i was asked to do one eight weeks before and thinking about how oh no my heart's going to jump out of my chest and all the things and everything and then you know something happened where i sat i was last too like second to last and so i i sat through everyone's TED Talks, and I made a commitment that I wasn't going to practice mine that day, mm-hmm. and I was really going to pay attention and support the other speakers, and it was, I just got so into it, and I didn't have any nerves that day, which is extraordinary. I, I don't know where it came from, you know, because mm-hmm. I could be giving a toast at a, at a wedding, and I'll have more nerves than that, but it just didn't, I, I think it, I just truly felt in all of my being that it was what I wanted to do for my career. And this is what I needed to do to, to move forward in a career that, and a, and a life where I just felt like things were very stagnant and it was hard to break ground into something new. Mm-hmm. And this was my opportunity. That's beautiful. And then the second question that goes with that, as soon as you walk out on to the stage, that feeling when you're like, okay, here we go. Now it's go time. I, I felt great. I just felt like I got this. Do you think, um, and I, I've been, I've been really having a strong connection to my, my past and playing football and the nerves before that you would experience. But then as soon as that first hit happens, like as soon as you Mm -hmm. either get hit or you hit someone, every nerve is gone and you're just in it. Right. Um, That's yeah, that's physical. Right. As soon as you taste the blood, you're like, oh, it's on. So uh, and I'm curious, like as soon as that first breath, that first word comes out, it's like, okay, here we go. There's no turn. It was like that to a degree. Yes. No. It was because I, I was in it before. I felt like I was in it before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, there was no, it, it wasn't like that. It was very different than in the past. I just knew I had a, a message to deliver. Mm-hmm. And, and I, had, I had practiced for 
the last month, once I got my script perfected, mm-hmm. I would imagine being relaxed. You literally just did. led to the next question I was going to ask. I did exactly what you teach. And it was the first time I ever really, really thoroughly did manifestation. Mm-hmm. Like really see yourself cycle. doing it and being. Absolutely. Completely. Just I, I completely experienced the whole thing before it happened. And I even made space to experience the disasters. Uh-huh you know, pissing in my pants, whatever, you know, throwing up. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> People I, I throwing think I, at me, you know. I heard, um, I want to say David Goggins talking to somebody about that and saying, okay, yeah. you're visualizing, but are you visualizing what will happen if you break your leg? Right? Like, mm-hmm. so you're also okay with that. If it doesn't go, now we don't want to sit in that space of, right, pissing my pants on stage, but at least to say, okay, well, what if this happens? What, what am I going to do? Am I going to be okay with it? And I think that's an interesting perspective as well, because we should be looking at it from the best point of view. But also, what happens if I fall down? Am I going to be okay and be able to actually get up if I fall down? Right. And that practice is just as important as the other. So I I love it that you went right into that, because that was going to be the next question. Did you actually practice in your mind? Did you see it? Did you visualize it so thank you for sharing that and there we went right from geeking out on the photography into mindset and visualization and um all of the things that we talk about so it all balances out it's a sweet balance here um and the shoots were great right you had i saw you had some beautiful and i say beautiful um again we might geek out a little bit like gray gloomy weather yeah but the images look so moody and powerful i you know i i was being from southern california that has doesn't have big mysterious weather often uh-huh to go there i'm just like the kid in the candy store i'm like oh my god look at that cloud oh we have the perfect conditions like to every model i work with i'm just so excited like this is this is the greatest moment of <laughs> Everything is, and I really mean it. Yeah, and uh, and that happened over and over again. Um, and it was wonderful to reconnect with Kelly mm-hmm. and um, do that series. I had no idea. We said we were going to work together, and then all of a sudden, she, you know, d- wants to do some nudes, and I, I had no idea that we were going in that direction because I don't usually do. I mean, I was trained in art school with the model and have done mm-hmm. various nudes here and there, but I, it's never been my thing. But these came out really nice. From what I saw, they look absolutely stunning. And Kelly's amazing. It's not like, like you're very, very, also very moody and like a lot of energy and emotion. From the ones that I saw, it seems like there's just a lot of, beauty and love and energy in them you'll have to send me a link to the whole uh collection i will for a small fee sure of course um i'll send it to kelly (laughs) so that was a great trip and now we're going to switch directions and, and talk about your new best friend otis and this new everything that's been happening with otis and what you've learned and now what you're sharing with the world about Otis and dogs. Yeah. Um, 
Otis is a uh, an English American coon hound, meaning he's uh, he was um, somewhere in the past he was bred to hunt raccoons. Mm-hmm. What he he looks like those dogs in the old British paintings, yeah, you know, hunting. Mm-hmm. Long legs, but hound like they look like a beagle. Very Anyways, much like a beagle. Yes, but uh, five times the size, and not as they don't act as much like a beagles act like dogs. <laughs> like they just want want to eat and you know get into the trash and stuff like that. Notice doesn't have any of those qualities. He's when he's finished, when he's full, he walks away from his bowl. Mm-hmm. Even if there's there's more food, which I thought was like an amazing quality to have as a dog. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So Otis was rescued by the Beagle Freedom Project, even though he's not a beagle. And he was he was born into a laboratory, which they have many of them all over the world where they um they just breed dogs that they're going to send to um, any science facility, pharmaceutical um, product, household products, uh, testing for, for anything. You can just use dogs. And they choose the beagle, the hound dog, is because they have such lovely temperaments of kindness mm-hmm. and they very they're a lot less likely to fight back wow. and resist so right now over sixty-five thousand dogs are being tested on in laboratories in the united states alone and otis was rescued he was born at mbr in the state of new york and after i think it's 16 weeks they just right away they rip them away from the the litter mm-hmm. and put him in a cage and um, uh, a steel cage. And then at 16 weeks, they send him to, they never see grass or, or the sun. And at 16 weeks, they send him to whatever lab purchases them. In Otis's case, he was uh, purchased by a lab near Sacramento, California. And he spent eight months there. That's usually the lifespan of a dog, six to eight months in a laboratory. Wow. Enduring horrible tests. We don't even know exactly what he had done to him, but there are pictures of him from when he was just released and he has holes in his head and legs from where they did, had something hooked up to his head for some sort of a brain mapping. And so that was at eight months old. So he spent seven and a half months about or no seven months no a little less i said he was uh they raised him for 16 weeks and the rest of that time don't test me on my math (laughs) use that camera of yours (laughs) and uh so most of the time they euthanize the dogs after lab testing especially the big ones Mm -hmm. so he's a miracle that somehow the Freedom Project negotiated his life. And then he got bounced around to a lot of different homes that didn't necessarily have the patience 
maybe, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know the whole history, but he was bounced around a lot. Mm-hmm. And then at, so at five years old or four is when I saw him on Facebook, the Beagle Freedom Project was advertising their dogs and something caught my attention about this dog. And I just wrote that I would, that I'd love to take Otis, you know, just thinking, I didn't really think too much about it. Mm -hmm. And they got in touch with me the next day. And uh, I think three days later, Otis was sleeping in the bed. Wow. Wow. So that's freaking awesome for Otis that he, he, I'm curious how he, how, do do you know how he made it out? Well, there's freedom fighters out there that devote their lives to um, going in. Well, there's people that actually um, free the dogs, but this somehow somebody negotiated his release Mm -hmm. instead of him being euthanized. That's amazing. It's I mean, it's so it's so heavy. Like when I look at the the tattoo inside of his ear mm-hmm. um, that looks so much like the numbers that you see um, on Holocaust survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's a heaviness about, it's a suffering to, to embrace that's a reality in this world. And there's so much imposed suffering upon beings mm-hmm. and living with someone that has endured that is a very very intense thing to embrace mm-hmm. like in the the um experience of of empathy and um what we're how we're going to process that and what we're going to do with that to uh, contribute to some sort of a healing. Mm-hmm. And mine is, mine and Otis is not just providing him with friendship and um, freedom, the place that he gets to go to the beach. I mean, we, he's the king. <laughs> he has a great life, but also to make use of that freedom, that privilege that he was granted mm-hmm. to uh, raise awareness. And I, you know, we've just, it's been more exciting for me to run his social media than it has been to run my own. <laughs> this in this last endeavor. That's great though. Right. Because it is, it's like, they're just pure unconditional love. And now here you get yeah. to share that love with the rest of the world and raise awareness for what's going on before Otis. I mean, I knew dogs were getting tested, but I didn't know, you know, it's like when you have that personal connection with holy shit, right? It, it makes it, yeah. it makes it real then. Right. Um, so thank you for doing that. Cause I'm sure everyone that has followed you over the years and your beautiful images Right now, saying images of Otis and Otis's social page, it's like, wow, we we probably didn't know about this either, you know. So it's like right. this the service that you're giving, and I think it's really interesting for my Pennsylvania friends that are listening. This episode is going to be out this Sunday, and it's election the following week, 
is the election and Dr. Oz is running here in Pennsylvania. Right. And yeah. they just started doing all of the commercials about how he has been testing on dogs and doing right. all of this stuff. So I've been running into people and they're like, oh my goodness, he never had my vote, but he totally would have lost my vote now. Right. And every dog in the, it's one of those horrible commercials, like the old Sarah McLaughlin commercials that they would run. Yeah. Right. If you can just donate $1 a month, you know, and it just right. rips your heart out. It's like I, that. Um, I, did you donate before, you, like when you were a little kid? Had to. I mean, come on, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> I, I, right. It just, it just kills you. But anyway, for everyone's listening, um, don't vote for a guy that tortures dogs. That's all. <laughs> Getting our little, our little, our little political piece in there. But also with Otis, I just saw you. Um, he was in a magazine. You were in a magazine. You guys were in a magazine. <laughs> well, no, there wasn't a picture of me in that magazine. Well, right, so but you, you, you took it. I, I got to tell you, yeah, they published three images of him. But I was so proud of him. I, I don't know what it is. Like all the covers I've done, mm -hmm. all the publicity I've had, that feature in dogster magazine with whatever the dog had, whatever outfit it had on in the, on the cover you know uh -huh. but just to have him in a magazine and have our uh, a whole section devoted to raising awareness and how this laboratory animal was living the good life and then talking about the reality of the situation that was i mean that 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 really was a 2022 accomplishment. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Awesome. And so exciting to see as well. Because like when we can use our gifts, right? And yeah. move them just slightly, right? Because it's still really the same. It's still a beautiful soul that you're capturing. Yeah. Can I um can I plug his Instagram? Yes. I, I oh my goodness. Talk about any of my stuff. No, no. All. We can all I don't want to. I don't want to overload anyone. You know, Otis is the most important thing. Because I'll tell you, it's Otis the Handsome Hound. But I'll tell you, all these years that I've been photographing in prisons and with the military and breast cancer, there was always something in me that was really, really bothering that mm -hmm. Because I always wanted to be able to contribute towards animals because they just don't have a good deal here mm -hmm. on this planet with us humans in control of everything. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And um, I had such a strong desire to, to find a way. And I had no idea how I was going to do it because I didn't want to use my photographer. I didn't know what I was going to do to photograph situations it did that what didn't come naturally to me mm -hmm. but then when this guy showed up in my life it just became very natural just to tell his story and and put a face to what's being tested on when you go and you know you buy that shampoo mm -hmm. or you use that Clorox like oh let's see what happens if they drink it let's see what happens if we put it in their eyes Let's see what happened if we cut their head open and do this, that, the other. That's so Otis, being able to see, put a face to that, makes it one step 
more realistic. And then there's an app that he promotes constantly that was developed by Beagle Freedom Project, which is called Cruelty Cutter, which you just, you go, you scan any item in, household item in, when you're at the store, mm -hmm. and it tells you if it's cruelty free or not. Oh, wow. I'll link all of that, Otis's Instagram, um, and the link for that app in the show notes so everybody can go get it. Go get it. Um, again, because we all need to know. I have no freaking clue, right? Right. Edu Otis is an educator. He, he is. He's an educator. Um, and how old is he? Five? Six? Otis will be five. Usually with rescues, you don't know their birthday. Uh-huh. Like my last dog, and I doubt you know when Stella was born. But Otis has papers because he was born into science. Mm -hmm. I have. November 17th. Uh, what, what's his, what's, he's a school. 20, 2017, November 17th. November, it's almost his birthday. My nephew was born on November 17th. All right. Yeah, long time ago. Um, and I actually have, because Stella is, came from Dogs Without Borders. Yeah. And was rescued from the streets of Taiwan. I didn't rescue her from there. Oh, but she, bounced, the, she bounced around. Yeah. But I got a, a Taiwanese dog passport with her. So wow. there's like when she, they think she was six weeks old when they yeah. took her from the street. So on there, they have like a rough kind of date that she was, you know, roughly right. like six, seven, eight weeks. But I got her when she was one. I think she'd just turned one. But she'd bounced around from L.A. to Jersey to me. Yeah, they bounce around those rescues until they find someone that just is going to uh, give them a very safe place and consistency. They love consistency. Right. And I think, you know, both you and I are blessed with that consistency. Like, yeah, I couldn't even imagine if I still worked a normal like nine to five, eight to five job and would have to leave for that long. Right. Like today I did a shoot and I was gone for like two and a half hours and came home like, hey, where are you? You know what I mean? So it's like the consistency that we're we're always together, yeah. you know, and I think that's what the the these kind of rescues really work well with that. Like, yeah, well, this is my person. They got me and they're actually going to be with me, too, all the time. Yeah. They need artists. Like They do need artists. And and I love it. I think it's like the the best thing when I like get up and I walk into the kitchen and she follows me and I'm like, it's not like my house is that big, you know? Like, right. Okay, if you want to follow me, if that if that yeah. makes you feel better. The only time she doesn't follow me is in the morning when I get out of bed and she was like, "F you, I'm gonna be here for like another two hours." She likes to sleep in, and I yeah. I'm, I'm up and out. In last the last couple of days though, it's like it's still dark and foggy, and she's like, "We gotta go pee now." Oh. it's also fun so what what's next with otis and you um what where what what is happening what do you have any fun ideas happening in your head of otis the handsome hound otis do we got any um dog sponsorships coming your way or what's happening you know there's so much there's so many scams out there his mailbox is flooded with opportunities, but it's, it looks like most of them are scams, so, which I don't know. Maybe I'm missing some, but I don't, I usually ignore all the, the offers because mm -hmm. it, yeah. 
but we'll we'll work on it. Maybe I'll get someone, hire someone to go through all that stuff. There you go. <laughs> Otis needs a little PR manager. You know, I have no idea what's next. Oh, you know what's next? Tell me. I want to move to <laughs> close to where you live. That's what's next. I want to move out to the country. You want to move to but the California country or the no, East Coast country? I, I want to. I want real change in my life. Ah, uh, yeah. Come on. I realize this. I realized that on this last journey, that I have so many friends out there, mm -hmm. and it's everything is so different and unique to me, and it's exciting to me, and I've never really had that kind of change. Mm -hmm. I've always been on the California coast for the most part. Right. And I just think it would be awesome to experience the seasons and just change. And I'm not afraid of the cold. Mm -hmm. So I know that's the question that people ask, like, oh, maybe you should experience uh, February. <laughs> maybe. I actually enjoyed the cold this year. And right. I know it sounds crazy, right, because I was in Philadelphia and now I'm two hours north. But it's there's a big difference, especially uh -huh. in, in in February. Um, but I found myself, it's almost like, I mean, you do cold plunges and all of the I cold do. stuff. So yeah. it's like going for a long walk in the morning with Stell when it's freezing cold actually like yeah. wakes me up and invigorates me. And You're just I'm, doing ice therapy. Right. And it's so quiet. It's so yeah. quiet. That's the, yeah. One of my favorite. So that's parts. what's next. That's what's next. That that I'm excited to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Just change, you mm -hmm. know. And it's I feel like this with the pandemic finally coming out of that um, and figuring out what I really want. And one of the things that I and I know this about you too is one of the things that I truly learned is that I just I want quiet. I want nature. Mm -hmm. that fuels me yeah I, I hear you it fuels me it's magic again so, like um driving down the street right by my house like there's a valley down below and it's just yeah. but within the valley there's just these random little mountains yeah and every time i drive i'm just like oh look at that and the one i yeah. swear it is a pyramid that is just it is perfect it's a it's it's a freaking pyramid. I'll try to get a picture of it. Um, I'll come see it. Yeah, come see it. I'll take you to it. I the, will. the Sugarloaf no, Mountain. I will. It's I will. Seriously, out of all the, the project potential projects that I've lined up, that uh, honestly, that just that lights up my world more than anything. Mm -hmm. Is just thinking about leaving the city and changing and getting back into getting close to nature. Mm -hmm. And having that be the most important thing for Otis too. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm tired of the concrete jungle. <laughs> you do have the ocean, the beach. I do, I do. I mean, I still enjoy my days. Well, right. But, yeah, a little change is good. It really is. And I and I don't know how it is with you know being in so much light because you really are. But it still gets dark earlier, right? Yeah, it'll start. It, it, I mean, daylight savings is—is um, that what they call it, I think. Uh, or is it the other one? He, one, of, one of them's coming up. 
But I mean, well, there's, there's an audience here. I don't want to come across as an idiot. But, <laughs> The time change, right? In which it's, uh, yeah, uh, right around just a week after Halloween, I believe it is uh, this year. So it's coming right up, and it'll start getting dark at five o'clock. Right, That's, but it's still warm, so it's not like when it's dark at five o'clock here and it's cold. And I'm like, I'm yeah. under a cover, and I'm ready to just hibernate. No, it's very, it's very pleasant here. Mm -hmm. Um. It's quite pleasant. And I think that's probably the difference where the, when you're with that change, right, you yeah. do get in the, the fall, winter, a little more hibernating. Yeah. Like, I don't feel I would be able to hibernate if I knew I could go sit at the beach at six o'clock in the darkness and still be warm. Right. Well, you learn, you know, you bring a, a chair in your book. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I would like to just be under a cover and cozy. Right the fireplace, or like that light on the on that beautiful wood door. Look at that. That's beautiful. What is that? That's just the light coming from through the window through a tree. Uh, I thought it was one of those um, fake fireplaces. No, no, that's just the door that go down to the basement. Wow. With an old little cat door. What do you keep down there? Ghosts, dragons. I just watched the. Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. So that <laughs> does not look, look good. A bunch of little tiny folk that crawl through the door. And again, everybody else is like, what are these two guys talking about? So, Robert. Yes, sir. This was great catching up, seeing your beautiful face, actually recording a podcast after like 12 years of saying, let's record a podcast. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, any more travel, anything coming up? Or are you hunkered down for a little bit? Hunkered. Hunkered. My dad has been sick for a long time. So this is an opportunity to just be in one place and be of service to my parents and just work on all the things that I've really wanted to work on that requires somebody to be still in one place. Mm -hmm. And so I am not I have no plans to travel for quite some time. So everyone that's listening, I will link up all of Otis's socials in the in the show notes. The name of that app. What's that app again, Robert? Cruelty Cutter. Cruelty Cutter. Go get that. I'm sure you can get it in every app store out there. I'll link it too to make it easy for you all. And, and follow Robert as well. I'll, I'll link Robert down below. He is a, a wonderful soul inspiring all of us with your beautiful images so thank you thank you for doing what you do always so good to see